Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. So, uh, we have the privilege of sharing with y'all this morning uh, part one of a part three series, and the series is called Birth of a Vision. Birth of a Vision. Amen? Can you relate to that? All right. And, and our part is going to be, it's called Believe to Conceive. So, you guys ready to conceive? Yes. All right, right. So, this is part one. And then next week, uh, Pastors uh, Alfonso and Mimi will be sharing part two. And then week three will be Pastor Jason and Allison on week three. So, uh, we're going to begin with our part, Believe to Conceive. Believe to Conceive. Well, first of all, thank you again, Pastor Chino, Pastor Lydia. And thank you to each one of you for being here today. To do the best thing that you can do is worship the name of God, the name of Jesus. So, um, so what is this word conception? Well, conception is a word that has many uh, meanings. But the meaning that I have for you today is like conception means to create and to conceive. Naturally speaking, is the union of two cells. Naturally speaking, like I said, the men, men's sperm and the woman's egg. Just as conception of a human being occurs in the natural world between a man and a woman, same thing, same thing happened with us. When we have a vision that comes from God or God put in our hearts, we need to have this uh, close and intimate relationship with the Father, with God through the Holy Spirit. So what is that word vision? We, Carlos was saying that the name of this uh, series is uh, Birth of a vision. So what is this word vision? Vision, it is the revelation or of the development or of a goal or purpose that God wants to fulfill through the call of a person. And I have another meaning that vision, it is a clear description of a desired future that is difficult to achieve, but not impossible. But I want to tell you something. My version, my meaning is in few words, vision is the dream of God for our life that is developed through our calling. Amen. So there are three important things that happen when God's vision is placed into a person's life. Number one, the calling. Number two, the promise, and number three, the vision. Naturally speaking, again, God chooses and calls a man and a woman. Remember, the first is the calling. He chooses and calls a man and a woman to become parents. Now, the promise is to know that they, when they get married, the children will come. Amen? And number three, what is the vision? The vision is where a new life is conceived. 
within the womb of the woman. So same thing, same thing happened with us spiritually. God gives us, God calls us and gives us a promise and we need to work what a man and a woman do when they get married. What happened the first night? <laughs> they need to work. Worship, worship. They need to work. They need to do something. They need to do something maybe every night or every other night, but they need to do something. So the vision comes when something happened and something comes inside of the woman. So it's the same thing. So if, if we have a vision that comes from God, we need to work. But remember, the calling and the promise. If you embrace the promise of God, if you take the promise, and if you believe the promise, and you do something for the promise, that promise is going to become, become your uh, vision. Amen, amen. That's good. Keep going. So... Um, <laughs> So, so we so we talk about conceiving in the physical form, but let's talk about a little bit more conceiving in the spiritual form, right? And as a vision. So we know the word conceive means to form an idea, a notion, or a concept, right? It means to form a purpose. So we know that conception is the fertilization of this idea, purpose, or vision, right? Fertilization. And and just another term we're going to use is is uh, gestation or to, to gestate means to to carry and develop in the womb from from conception to delivery, right? So those are terms we're going to use, but we're going to look at them in the sense of a, of a vision. So we know that God establishes a point in our life when we're going to be born. He establishes a, a point where we're going to be birthed and then a point where we're going to die, right? But everything in between, it's up to us what we're going to do in between those those, those two, three points. So so I want to ask you the, uh, the million-dollar question is, when were we conceived? When were we conceived? Right, the million-dollar question, right? Everybody's asking, what, when, is, when does life begin? When does conception begin, right? Well, we, we have to go to the Word because a lot of times if we don't go to the Word, then we become to put our own truths, right? But we need to go to the Word because the, the, the Word is the ultimate truth. So a lot of times if we, if we focus our, our, our opinions on, on the Word of God, we really can't go wrong, right? So we know that in the Word of God, David tells God that, that he that he knit him he knit him in his mother's womb right Psalm 139 David says God you knit me in my mother's womb so that means that when he was knitting them together that's when that's when life begins right so would you agree so that's when life begins right or or does it or does it begin there well if we go to uh, let's go to Jeremiah 1 5 and see where see where it really begins okay Jeremiah 1 5 So Jeremiah 1.5 tells us, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Wow. Before you were born, I set you apart, right? Being set apart means sanctified. We were set apart for God. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So, so here Jeremiah is telling us that before we were formed, God already knew us, right? So God was already speaking our name before we even began to knit us together. So, so really, that's when life begins, right? So, so um, we know that, uh, that when he spoke my name, 
he knew that I was going to be a little bit vertically challenged, right? But, but he knew that he was going to make me tall in spirit, right? He knew that I was going to grow up to be a Methodist, right? Because I have a method for everything, right? Sometimes it's good or bad, but, but I do have methods for everything, right? So he knew when he spoke my name, he knew exactly who I was going to be, right? Um, but it doesn't stop there because, because uh, when he spoke our name, he also spoke something else. What do you think that something else is? We're talking about vision, right? So he spoke something else. If we go to one of my favorite verses, which is uh, Ephesians 2.10, I love this verse. It tells us that we're God's workmanship, right? God's workmanship. That means we're all one of a kind. Uh, we're God's workmanship created in the image of Christ to do the good works. So right there, we know that we were actually called to serve as one of, one of the things we we're called to do was called to serve. Uh, good works, which he prepared when? When did he prepare this? In advance. Right? So what he's saying is, if we go to Jeremiah, in Jeremiah, we also know that God says, I know the plans I have for you. Right? So what, what he's saying is that before he formed us, he already knew us, and he already knew our calling. He already spoke that vision. Right? We're talking about conception. So he already spoke that vision while he was speaking our name. Right? And it doesn't stop there because in Romans eleven twenty nine. 29, it says his gifts and callings are irrevocable. That means that if you don't align yourself with that vision now, well, you can do it tomorrow, you can do it tomorrow, you got to the, the rest of your life till you die. Then it's too late, right? So our gifts and callings are irre irrevocable, right? It took me 40 years to begin to align myself. You know, I, I spent a lot of time going around the mountains, going around the desert, right? But eventually, you know, I'm kind of in that process now, but it's up to us as to when we're going to align with that calling and that vision that God created before he knew us, right? Amen? Amen. So once the vision is conceived, uh, it must be gestated or developed slowly. This process is very hard for uh, for us. So the development process is usually slow and many of us despair. When we receive something from God, you know, um, especially a vision from him and uh, he promised, he promises something. Sometimes we despair and we are like, God, when, when? But when we understand that it, it was God who grafted that vision into us we have to strengthen ourselves in faith and continue to believe and work in the process you know the seed or the vision of God for our lives was created this is something that Carlos was talking about um, about Jer Jeremiah uh, was created and determined in the heart and mind of God long before we were born. That means that he already had a, a plan for each one of us. Yeah, he knew everything. He knows everything about us, about our past, our present, and our future. He has a big, big plan for us, but not only big, great. Amen. So how do we how do we just state or develop the vision or see? Number one, meditating on the word of God. And number two, using our imagination. Maybe this is new for you, but it's real, you know. So meditating on the word of God. Abraham received a vision that he would be the father of many. 
I don't know why. Let me stop. But every time that I uh, read this part of the Bible, I think in one person in this room. I don't know why. Hanan, I don't know why. And I don't know, but God is telling me that I tell you that you are going to be a mother of many. I don't know why. I don't know why, but God is doing something in your life. You have been praying. You have been asking God, and God is going to do something great soon in your life. So Abraham was called to be a father of many. And I can imagine that he was meditating on what God had told him. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 1 to meditate on God's law day and night. This is a big responsibility for each one of us. You know, meditating on the word of God, I mean the Bible. The Bible is one of the best nutrients that the vision that God gives us can receive. It may it makes it grow and bears fruit. Meditation helps us to know more about God. And when we know more about God, the development of our vision will be better. Now, what about imagination? What about this word? This is an important aspect when God gives us a vision. It is key for us to see, to see things as God sees them. So visualization or imagination is not a new age thing. This is something that has been done from the Old Testament to this day. There are over a hundred references to imagination or visualization in the Bible. So I want to give you, or I want to share with you a, a short testimony. So as many of you know, I met and married Carlos when I was in Guatemala. I am from Guatemala. And uh, I waited 12 years for him to return to my life. He came and met me for the first time and he left me 12 years. I was 17 and he was 28. <laughs> Do you want to know how old is he? <laughs> I'm the young one. Okay, so at that time I was attending a prophetic church. And uh, I learned many things like uh, dreams, visions, and uh, the prophetic of God, signs, uh, wonders, miracles. You know, I was learning about that. But one day I felt that God spoke to my heart and he told me, Carlos is your husband. And I was like, God, are you, <laughs> do you think that he's my husband? And I said, okay, I'm going to pray for him. And I prayed for him 12 years. But <laughs> alongside the 12 years, I did something crazy. I made the decision to go to the U.S. Embassy in my country. And I went around, you know, the whole perimeter seven times. Do you remember Yahshua and Jericho and the walls? You know, but I 
you know, I was, as I was walking around, I was declaring one day, I'm going to be in the U U.S. God is going to do something. And, and something is going to happen. God is going to do something. Declaring, expecting. And I was, in my imagination was working inside of me. So after that, the same day, I went to the airport. And I, uh, I was like in front of the counter and I told it, you are going to be open for me one day. One day in declaring, praying in the name of Jesus. And I say, I don't know, but something is going to happen. And after that, because I knew that Carlos was working for Delta Airlines. So I went to the <laughs> plane or aircraft and I was like, one day, one day I will get on and I will fly in you. And you know what happened? After 20 years, I'm here with Carlos. We are almost yeah, 20 amen. years. Amen. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, sharing with you the, this testimony that has been a blessing for me. So, um, but what, I, what I'm trying to tell you is that my imagination was something that God used. Uh, vision in our lives can become a reality if you embrace it and if you believe it. So like I said, everything after 12 years, everything was fulfilled exactly as I envisioned it. My imagination had a lot to do with that. And Joel 2.28 you can read it on the screen, says, And afterward, I will put out my spirit on all people. Your son and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. This scripture was key for me when that happened in my life. This scripture talks about the pouring out of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I know the Lord wants to do something in your life today. Maybe some of you are waiting for something, or maybe uh, some of you are expecting something from God. This is the day that the Lord has made for you. And I know the Lord is going to do something great in your life. Wow, amen, amen. So you, you guys can see that it's because of me that she's a prayer warrior. Right? It's because of me that... So, so you guys have, you guys have the living Bible, right? I got the walking Bible, so, you know, whenever I get stuck, you know, I got, I got the walking Bible there. But, uh, no, it's, it's uh, yeah, she, she did a lot of praying for me. And she's still doing a lot of praying for me, but thank God. So God is merciful, right? Um, so, so we understand, now we understand how God operates. So now we have to try to manifest in the natural what we see in the supernatural, right? We got to make it real life for us. We've got to manifest in the natural what we see in the supernatural. So let's go to Luke 9.16. And, and we know that we, we just kind of set up this, this verse here. 9.16, Jesus is with the multitudes, right? He's, he's talking and everybody's, everybody's listening to him and it's getting late and they're all hungry, right? So, so he's going to, uh, they're going to take five loaves of bread, right? And two fish and there's 5,000 men. So imagine how many people, because that's just the men, uh, they were going to try to feed, right? So let's go to Luke 9, 16. And it tells us that it says, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. 
Then he gave to the disciples for them to distribute, right? And then not only did that feed everybody, but they also had like 12 baskets full left over, right? Yeah, it's a lot. So good thing Jacob was there because if Jacob would have been there, there would have been none left over, right? But uh, they had 12, 12 baskets full left over. So, but I want to emphasize that, um, that he says um, Jesus looked up and then he broke the bread, right? He looked up. So, so really, Jesus saw the miracle before he did the miracle, right? He looked up and he saw that miracle before he did it right? Um, and that's the problem. A lot of times, you know, we don't see that vision. We don't see that miracle because a lot of times we're looking down. A lot of times we're looking around us. A lot of time we're looking at our, our, our buddies, you know, our, our, our friends. A lot of times we're looking at social media for the answer. So we're looking in the wrong place. A lot of times we're looking in the wrong place. We need to be looking up, right? We need to follow Jesus' example and look up so that we can make this vision a real, a real thing in our lives, right? And if we can do that, then we can believe in our heart and start professing that with our mouth. We're going to begin to see and experiment God's supernatural power, right? Because I don't know about you, but that's kind of where I come from. I'm, I don't want to just see the natural. I want to see the supernatural in my life. I want to experience the miracles. That's, that's kind of where we want to go with this, right? So uh, let me give an example. Um, we all know Walt Disney, right? Walt Disney, a long time ago, um, he, he, uh, he came up with Disneyland in, in California, Anaheim, California. And so, it, so that was a huge, huge hit. So uh, he started seeing something bigger, right? So he started focusing on, in Orlando, and he started focusing, something, uh, focusing on something bigger. So he started coming up with Disney World, right, which is a little bit bigger. And then he started coming up with what he called an experimental prototype community of tomorrow, right? I'm really not sure what that means, but it stands for Epcot Center, or Epcot Center stands for that, right? So he started working up this uh, Disney World in the Epcot Center, but before it was complete, he died. He died, so he never got to see it, right? So they were interviewing his wife. You know, when it, when it was done, when it was the grand opening, they were interviewing his wife, and, they're say, and they were saying, like, you know, this is so awesome, but, you know, it's just too bad Walt wasn't here to see it, right? And she stops, and she goes, no, you're wrong. He's the first one that saw it. You guys were building what he already saw. He already knew what it was going to look like. You were just building his vision, right? So he had already seen that, and he was just making it come in the natural. Right. Uh, one other example, because I like examples because that helps me kind of relate. Right. Um, I don't remember all the specifics, but a long time ago, there was a, uh, a beauty pageant. And, um, and, and this gal was uh, was trying to be, I think it was Miss Florida. And so um, to make a long story short, she didn't get it several times. You know, she, she failed to get that position. So, you know, she could have got discouraged and she could have just kind of gave up. But she knew she had something in her. Right. So she goes, no, I'm not going to give up. So, so years later, she actually won Miss America, right? She didn't win that state, but she won Miss America. So when she won, they asked her, so, so how did it feel to walk down the winner's ramp for the first time? And she goes, oh, no, it wasn't my first time. I walked down the ramp thousands and thousands of times because I saw myself winning. I saw myself winning, and it was over and over again. For years, I saw myself walking down the ramp. So this is not my first time, right? So she saw that vision, and she, she made it come into her life. Um, now, I do want to warn you, though, that sometimes you have a vision, but the enemy will use people to try to steal that vision sometimes, right? So that's why we have to pick our friends, because sometimes even our, our best friends can try to steal that vision. Um, there was three times in my life w when I was laughed at, and I'm just going to kind of be transparent with you here, right? More, more than three times, really. More than three times, right? But three times in regards to a vision. So, um, so, so as my wife said, I'm, I'm an aircraft mechanic. And, um, and even that was a seed because when I was a young boy in Guatemala, yeah, we're, we're both born in Guatemala. We're actually 
PWIs. We're, uh, we're pre-wall immigrants, both of us, you know, uh, but we're legal immigrants, legal, legal U.S. citizen voting immigrants, right? But, uh, but when I was a young boy in Guatemala, like five years old, I remember laying on the ground, looking at the clouds, and I would see this airplane, you know, and I don't know why, but something about it was mesmerizing, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just something I identify with, and I just see it, you know, for a long time, and, and I didn't know that years later I would, I would grow up to be an aircraft mechanic, you know? So I think that in itself was a seed that got put in me, right? But where I'm going with this is uh, I worked for Delta, and there was a point in time when, when our Delta went into bankruptcy, so a lot of our friends were, were starting businesses. And one of my friends, he says, you know, I'm going to start driving a, a truck. You know, he just out of nowhere. I'm going to start driving a truck. So when he told me that, something about it kind of resonated with me, you know? And so, so I saw him kind of, you know, getting up and, and, and doing this. So something resonated inside of me, and I decided, you know what? I kind of want to do that too. But I didn't want to haul just regular cargo. I wanted to haul, haul cars, you know, car hauler. So I began to, to try to work this vision because I felt that it was inside of me. And so I had never, never driven a truck before in my life, right, much less hauling cars. So I began to pursue this, and I went to this place in Woodstock that sold car haulers. And, um, and I went to the owner, and I said, hey, you know, I want to see what you got to sell. And he says, uh, you ever drive a truck before? I said, no. He goes, uh, he goes, and he says, uh, you know, son, you ain't delivering potato chips. You know, if you've never done this before, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even think about it. I would give it up because it's not like you're delivering potato chips. So, so it kind of hurt my feelings, right? Because, you know, I work on airplanes and it's like, well, I think I can do it. But when I left that place, you know, uh, I kind of felt a little bit, you know, uh, down. So I could have gave it up, but I knew it was a vision inside of me. So, you know, so I began to pursue that vision and I went to driving school and I got my CDL. And not only did I end up driving one car, but I, I was driving eight cars at a time on a car hauler. So, so I could have let that person steal that vision, but... I didn't, right? Now, it, that, just to let you know, that truck got stolen and, you know, got burnt down, but that was, that was another story. That's, so many things. that's a testimony for another day, okay? That's a testimony for another day. But I did end up driving a car, all right? Another, another, another instance when I was laughed at, right? Uh, when I first came to church, um, I, was, I was having surgery, so, so I was, I was uh, about a year that I wasn't playing drums. So about a year later, you know, I started kind of feeling, okay, I think I can do this now. So, so I went to the worship leader, and, uh, and I said, hey, I want to audition for, for drums. And the guy standing right nef- next to me, he laughed at me. He goes, you want to play drums? I said, yeah. And he, and he laughed at me, right? And, and, but again, I wasn't going to let him steal my vision, right? Now, as a drummer, I know my limitations. You know, I know that I know what I can do and what I can't do. I know that there's like 12-year-old kids that, you know, I want to take lessons from, right? But still, you know, that was a vision, and I was not going to let that person rob that vision, all right? Uh, the third example... Uh, as my wife was saying, you know, when, we first, when she first came to the U.S., we were going to uh, a prophetic church. And I was just kind of new into that environment because uh, just, you know, in my past, I really wasn't a believer. But I started seeing God's miracles in my life. So I was going to this uh, prophetic church. And, were, and I was kind of new at it. And my wife was with me. And my best friend is there. And uh, we're sitting at a table. And, um, and my friend says, Carlos... God's telling me that one day you're going to preach. And the couple right next to me started laughing at me. Started laughing at me. He goes, he's going to preach because I was brand new, right? He goes, he's going to preach. And, and I just felt, I felt kind of bad, right? But he didn't know. He wasn't laughing at me. He was laughing at God, right? Because, uh, 
because it was God's vision. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's taken a long time for me to get here, right? Because I've, I've been fighting it. I've been fighting it. And the only reason I'm here is because I want to be obedient to God, right? But nonetheless, if God calls you to do something, you know, I think the best attitude is to be obedient to God because he's got so many blessings, but a lot of times those blessings are not going to be fulfilled because he's waiting for, to see that obedience, that obedient heart, right? Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, so now that we're talking about visions, you might say to yourself, well, you know, I, I have dreams and I have visions, but sometimes they're not clear. Why doesn't God make these visions clear? So let me ask you this. Why doesn't sometimes God allow these visions to be clear? Well, it's really the same reason Jesus spoke in parables, right? Because, because God wants you to seek revelation and God wants you to apply your faith, right? He wants you to apply faith because we know what the word says. Without faith, what? Without faith, it's impossible to, to please God. So he allows us to, part, to partake in that vision, right? He, he sets it up, but he allows us to bring that vision into the natural. So that's why, that's why he did that because he wanted us to apply our faith. Now you might say, well, you know, that's cool, but I don't have a lot of faith, right? Have you ever said that? Have you said that? Okay, but, but you have faith, right? Well, some people might say, well, you know, I have no faith. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, I don't subscribe to that notion because everybody has faith. Everybody has faith. Um, an atheist has faith, right? Well, you're going to say, well, how does an atheist have faith? Well, we know that, that uh in Hebrews 11, it tells us that faith is the certainty of things hoped for, right? Hope is the expectation and the feeling of something that is wanted can be had. So the certainty of things hoped for yet not seen, right? Because we don't see God in the flesh, but we know he's there, just like the wind, right? We don't see the wind, but we see it's, it's, it's what the wind can do, right? Well, how does, it, how does that apply to an atheist then? Well, an atheist, he's certain of what he hopes for because he's hoping there's no God, right? Certainty of things hoped for yet not seen. So the question is, what is not seen in the eyes of an atheist? Well, what is not seen is the lack of miracles, right? The lack of miracles is not what's seen because there are miracles, right? If you ever seen a baby being born, right? I ask myself, I'm not a medic and I'm sure there's a medical explanation, but God made the rules. Uh, he established everything. So if someone says, well, I don't see miracles, all you got to do is see a baby, right? My question is, how, how can a baby live inside the mother's womb in the amniotic fluid? He's breathing. His lungs aren't inflated, but he's breathing, right? And, and that, that fluid is keeping him alive. But as soon as he comes out and the temperature changes and the environment changes, he takes his, his first breath, that fluid will now kill him, right? If you were, were to put him under water, he's going to drown. So how can, be, how can he have fluid in his, in his body and, and keep him alive and then a second later, it'll kill him. That's, that's got to be a miracle, right? That's only a miracle. So, so back, to, back to that final point is an atheist can say, you know, I don't see it. But, but he doesn't see the lack of miracles. So anyways, the point is you got to have faith to believe in God. And you got to have faith not to believe in God, right? So we all have faith. And it's just about us trying to apply that faith. Okay. Carlos spoke that sometimes dreams and visions are not clear. So what we need to do, ask God for wisdom, revelation, and discernment in order to understand what God gives us. There is an important ingredient in all of this is faith, like he was talking about. 
Faith help us to seek and find the revelation that we need in those moments when we when we we don't know what to do or when we are in confusion because we don't see what I don't I don't understand what God is trying to tell me or show me. You know, James 1:5, we can read it on the screen, um, says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously. It's okay, generously. I'm sorry. He is my, my personal translator. Uh, <laughs> uh, to all without finding fault, and it will be given to me. Ephesians 1, 17, 18 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the Spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart, and my version is says understanding, may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So we need to pray for our spiritual spiritual eyes and ears to be open in order to receive in order to receive God's revelation to understand God's vision in our lives you know um Matthew 14 I'm sorry 13 14 15 says we don't have that on the screen but many times we hear but but we don't understand sometimes we see but we don't perceive so when we receive things in the natural, we don't understand it. And that is the reason why we need to pray to the Lord to uh, receive that wisdom and that revelation. Then our eyes and ears will be open. The vision or the seed, because we can call seed to the vision. The vision or the seed that God gives us uh, can be compared to the parable of the kingdom of God is like the master seed, which is the smallest, the smallest seed in the world. But when it is planted and gestated or developed, it grows and becomes the largest garden plant. You know, many times the seed or vision that God has given us uh, may be small for us oh like the mustard seed but it will bear good and great fruit or must it must be too big for you or too small or too big in my case personally when God called me to do what I'm doing right now I was like God you are wrong <laughs> I don't want to do that I'm being real with you uh, and I don't wanted to do it and I was like God no I felt unprepared inadequate you know I was like God I don't know what to do I don't know if I can handle this responsibility but you know what God told me one day I was praying and reading and God told me I didn't create you to be perfect because this is the first thing that we think when God is calling us to do something. And he told me, again, I didn't create you to be perfect. I created you to be faithful. Wow. 
faithfulness. God only wants, only want faithful, a faithful heart. This is an open heart to say, God, I'm here. Do whatever you want to do in my life. So it doesn't matter what, how big or how small is it, the calling or the vision that God is placing in your heart. He is able always, all the time, to do more than you, than you expect. So the Bible speaks to us, to us in Matthew 13, 3 through 8 about the parable of the sower. The scripture talks about uh, four types of, of surfaces. Uh, the open path, rocks, thorns, that's correct, and good soil. The question is, what kind of surface are we? Answer your own question. Are we going to be the open path, rocks, thorns, or the good soil? What is the answer to that question? Only God, just God. And I want to say something today. God is the only one who knows your heart. God is the only one who knows what do you need or what is your vision. God knows everything. He knows everything that you are needing right now. What is the petition that you have before the Lord today? What is the vision that God placed in your heart today? What is the situation that you are confronting today in your life that you don't see a way out to the situation? What is happening in your life right now? You know what? There are many things that can hinder the seed or the vision that God gives us. Number one, we can abort it just like many people abort children. And number two, there can be people, friendships, or attitudes, habits, or even sin in our life that can hinder the blessing of, or the vision that God has given us. And I want to finish with this. Abraham received a call. And he had to move out from, the, from his father's house. Sometimes when God calls us to do something, he pushes us and to move out from the place where we are. Sometimes can be physically and sometimes spiritually. The call was accompanied by a promise. I'm, I'm talking about Abraham. We can find that promise in Genesis 12. So God called Abraham and gave him a, a, a promise. And the promise is, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you. But in chapter number 15 in Genesis, Abraham received the vision from God. The exact, exact, exactly moment, exact moment when he received the vision from God is when, it is when God told him, you will be father of many and I will give you a, a son. He received that from the Lord. He was meditating and asking God, how, how? But God 
showed him how. So when God gives us a, a vision, part of that vision is already inside of us. But why, Luki, how? Well, do you have gifts and talents? Do you have dreams in your heart? Do you have a passion in your heart? What is your passion? Some of us, we put our passions and everything aside. It is time to take these passions and dreams back. And I want to tell you today, stand up, please. Could you please stand up? God wants to do something good in your life and great and amazing. God wants to change your life today. God wants to give you more than you, you are expecting right now. And today you, maybe you are here and you think in your heart, but I, I have too many problems to, God, to let God fulfill or conceive a vision in me, in my life. Or I, or I am not able to achieve anything in life. Or maybe you already received a vision or dream from the Lord for your life, but you have aborted it. It may be that your vision is your healing or the restoration of your marriage or seeing your children serving the Lord. I want to tell you that God has not forgotten you or your vision or your dream or your passion. He's here today and He wants to do something great and good in your life. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms.